Hi, this is Reed Petro. Welcome to the Set Life Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking with a friend of mine, Tyler Grimm. Um, he's a great cinematographer, and um, we have we go way back. Um, we went to school together, and um, in you know over the past four or five years, Tyler has grown so much as a cinematographer, as a DP. That's one of the things we're going to talk about. Um, along with his other projects and it's just really great to to catch up with him see how he's doing and just discuss some of his recent projects that he's been working on because he's been doing some really cool stuff and i am super excited to uh share this talk with you guys um again if you guys like this podcast um you know it really helps if you can like it on itunes uh subscribe to it or wherever you get your podcasts um i want to say sorry for not being as consistent as I wanted to be with this whole thing, but I promise you guys, I've got more talks on the way, and really excited to to chat with the, the people that I've got coming up. So anyways, um, thank you so much for listening to this, and uh, we'll hop right into it. This is Tyler Grimm, cinematographer. qualifier for the american championships um so yeah it's like pretty nuts um so i've been just like playing more because it's it's like fun and i don't know i don't want to get like totally wrecked when i if i go to that thing i think i probably will Um, dude this is insane like you are like i was actually you know it's funny though because i was actually gonna ask you about this and like about Hearthstone. <laughs> About Hearthstone. Like if you're still playing it or whatnot. So I, I am. Yep. Dude, yep, playing a lot. That is me awesome. Holman, me and Holman and Grant Flooring all did a online tournament today, and me and Grant got crushed. Um, yeah, Holman's still playing right now, oh, actually. Man. So we'll see. Hopefully he wins, and then he can play the guy that crushed me. He's some like high rank legend player. But anyway, <laughs> dude, that is that is some crew bonding. If I have not heard it, you yeah, know, like know, that. Right? That's it, man. I've, yeah that is that is great well um thank you and uh thank you for joining me yeah. on this on this uh show here um we can we can get right into it if you like yeah sounds good cool so um i just want to start out by asking you um what pretty much i ask everyone how did you get into film how did you get into video and then how did you get into cinematography Sure. Um, so I started out in college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and then I uh, kind of stumbled into video. Like I made videos with my friends when I was younger and stuff and like through high school a little bit, but never really saw it as a career. And so um, about halfway through college, um, I was pretty sick of school, didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, my grandf- grandparents convinced me to just take a film class because they asked me if there was anything that I was remotely interested in. And I was like, well, if I'm just going to like get a worthless degree, might as well do it in something that's fun. So, uh, <laughs> so I got a film degree. Um, so yeah, it kind of just like started there. Um, met which, a really, sorry, what was your question? Oh, I was just going to say, which is almost as useless. Yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> go ahead. So yeah. So I met Chad Terpstra, a cinematographer in Grand Rapids, um, Michigan. And, um, he kind of like taught me what cinematography was. Um, I gaffed a short film for him, um, and he kind of just like taught me on on that job how to light 
And so after that, uh, he connected me with Gorilla um, Pictures, a uh, production company in Grand Rapids. And um, yeah, it kind of just like snowballed from there. So I kind of got started like kind of just accidentally, just kind of like, well, I'll just do something for fun. And then it kind of like turned into a career. Um, so yeah, like, uh, so right out of college, um, I was working with Gorilla, uh, doing a lot of like, uh, like PAing and, uh, mostly gripping though. And then I met this guy, Chandler Forbes, who got me on a feature film, uh, like six months after I graduated. And then I worked on features for a while, um, through that experience, just hopping from feature to feature just as a grip. Well, that's and, not, dude, that's pretty good for being like right out of college. You just have all this yeah. experience like that. That's really cool. Yeah. It was a lot of right place at the right time and just working really hard. And like, like I was, <laughs> Chandler liked me. I feel like I was, that's I, 80% of it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. Cause like I, I met Chandler, he liked me cause I was nice and hardworking and that was it. Like I wasn't good. Um, but he kept bringing me onto stuff and then brought me onto that feature, um, just because he liked working with me. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're always kind of faking it until we make it. I don't know if yeah. we, we ever make it, which I right. love for me, yeah. I'm always faking it. So <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's interesting. Yeah. Cause he, uh, I just asked him a bunch of questions. Like that was it. Like, like, uh, yeah, he knew, he knew how much I sucked, but he kept hiring me cause I was like. I was, he was teaching me and I was learning from him and he enjoyed that process. So like, um, and like you would, when I, you yeah, would when I that, talked, you would call that yeah. a mentorship, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always like. Like when people ask me for advice and stuff, um, which like has been happening more and more now that I'm shooting full time. And, um, I was, I, my advice is always like, yeah, find a mentor. Like what I had, like that was the best. Um, Cause like, that's how you're going to get work is through a person that, you know, and that's how you're going to learn is through kind of like somebody who takes you under their wing and just teaches you everything they know. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot of asking questions, being nice and, uh, working hard. And yeah, so that was, that was how I got started. And then, um, there you hear yeah. it folks, the, uh, the secret three <laughs> ingredients to a uh, successful DP right there. I, I, yeah. I think we can just call it quits right now. I think, right. I think yeah. we're good, man. You don't need to have any talent or skill. Uh, you just have to, <laughs> you just have to be likable and, uh, and that's about it. So right. that's, that was my experience. Um, was just doing that. And then, uh, yeah. And then I, I've always been shooting, um, while I've been doing grip and electric, um, but yeah, it really took off uh, last year and uh, for sure the beginning of this year. Um, this year has been like, this year's the first year where I've been like, yeah, I'm a cinematographer. Because um, I've, I've been shooting for five years. But oh, now, I was going to ask, now yeah. Like, how, yeah, how long? I, yeah, so five years, I think. Yeah, five years. And uh, this is the first year where it's where it feels real as like a, a profession in terms of being a cinematographer because well, i've been is, a grip forever what does that mean what does it what does it mean to feel real as a cinematographer for you so for me um i wanted to be working consistently as a cinematographer um and getting paid for it um so like before i would i did a i've done a ton of free stuff a lot of short films a lot of like music videos stuff like that and i still do a lot of free stuff um but now I make a living as a cinematographer. So I just like, I never felt comfortable like saying like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a DP because, uh, I was making all my money as a grip. Um, and, uh, and now it's kind of switched. 
So um, now I make pretty much all my money as a cinematographer and just uh, grip occasionally. Yeah, and so do you still grip and gaff and do that kind of stuff right now on the on the I, I guess do. on the side? I do. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to like film like because I still have like a lot to learn, and so I haven't. And I also it's just like scary to like cut off uh, like a main source of income. Like and and it hasn't like. I could, I could just say oh, I don't grip anymore, um, but there's a lot of people who still want me to. Um, there's just like relationships that I have where like, um, like we we have good working relationships, and I want to continue that as I'm transitioning over. Um, so like Casey McClurkin and like Matt Lowing, like those guys, um, I hire them as gaffers for me, but I also grip for them. Um, and I kind of like that. That's, like I, that's, I, I, that's a very interesting kind of role reversal there. Does, I wonder if yeah. it, you know, that's, if it gets kind of awkward in that it, sense. It hasn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel very awkward. Um, like me and Casey have done that a ton, especially. And so like the, the reversal, like, and he's like, I've gaffed on stuff that he's, been like a best boy or whatever for me and so like me and Casey have a very fluid relationship where like sometimes he's the boss sometimes I'm the boss and we just kind of we work really well together um that way um and I I really enjoy it um I found that like I, I always I never thought that that would be able to be a thing but i really like that it is um because it kind of changes like the relationship dynamic that you have because you are um you're able to I think I don't know how to say this. Like, confront each other more on like, um, like, oh, hey, like, I disagree with you on this, and it's not like a. It's more of like you're on the same level because you've worked for each other and you've worked, um, like above. You know, you know what I mean. So it's a, it's it's a cool way to form relationships. I think. Um, sure, and you get to see the different facets facets of the person, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, like, you know how they're running their crew as well. So, like, I've worked under Casey, and I know how he, like, what he expects of me when I'm working for him. Yeah. And so I have an understanding of, like, when he's my gaffer um, and he has his crew, like, I know what he's expecting of them. And it's, like, it's pretty minor, but it's kind of nice to just have, like, that awareness of how the set's running. Um, I, I don't know if it's, like, I can't think of any way that it's been particularly, like, helpful, but... It just is it's nice to have like an awareness of how everything is running. Um, so yeah, it's been, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that too much. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a cool process um, working for people and now having them work for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess so. that's the, that's the natural progression um, <laughs> progression there. So you are based in, I think, well, I think you said it, but um, Grand Rapids, Michigan, right? Yep. And that's kind of your home, your home base. Um, yep. And I guess I just really, I wanted to talk about a couple of your pieces specifically. I thought we're just really, oh. Cool. This, this, um, Lex, not a Lexus ad. What, what is the, it's the car. The I'm sorry. The, um, is it the, um, the Castrol thing? Yeah. The, yeah. Sorry. The Castrol. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was that's really cool. I mean, yeah, I love it. Um, the car stuff is just phenomenal, and especially that it's, screenshot of of him is yeah, David, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the main actor, yeah. <laughs> the main actor. Um, it's yeah. it's just great. So how? Just tell me how did this 
project come about? Uh, what, sure. What? How did it start? Uh, yeah, it's funny. That was a uh, that was actually a while ago. Um, so that was with Gorilla, and at that time, Gorilla was doing this uh, kind of like um, project for people who were kind of like just starting out, sort of. Because um, I was like three years, three, four, uh, three, four years ago. I don't remember. It was a while ago. Um, but so this thing called GR Labs was what they were calling it, um, and it was like super low budget basically like no budget um, kind of projects uh, and they were like contest videos. So I think that was for like uh, Zupa or, so, or something like that. I don't, I don't remember like uh, oh, oh, one, oh. one of those contest sites. I don't, I don't remember what yeah. it was called. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but yeah, they're just like the online yeah, stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. A, a million people submit videos and you could possibly win. And we actually won on that one. That one, that one won. So that one won like $8,000 or something. And then, uh, the director and producer got to go to Australia. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a, it was cool. Like it did really well. Uh, people liked it. Um, so yeah, it was a contest video and, um, we had no money, but we had gorillas equipment available to us, which, um, guy, I wonder if that was just like, um, I don't even know if that was Epic dragon at that point. Um, it might've been, I, I don't remember if that was Epic dragon or not. But we shot an epic, regardless. Um, and then we had like a one-ton grip truck with like some HMIs and stuff, um, and then some kinos. And that was pretty much what we did. So for oh, I guess there's two parts to that video. So there's the car stuff, and that's what I kind of just described. And then there was like the uh, the dark void kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, with all the people jumping around and. Yep. Yeah. So they they yeah, was all like the the. Uh, um, the sprinter and the um, the karate guy and stuff like that. So um, that was a so it was two separate shoots and and in my mind they kind of like broken up like that because we shot them like a couple weeks apart. Sure. Um, so the car stuff was uh, a lot of just like um, running around in the snow uh, and like filming the car going by, hanging out the back of a a minivan and then like. Um, the shot you were talking about, the uh, the close up on his face. Yeah, through um, the windshield. What we, yeah, what we did there um, is we just set the camera in front of the car and then shook it like uh, how JJ <laughs> Abrams did in like uh, um, in Star Trek to simulate motion when they were like falling through the sky. So we just took that idea and just like shook the camera, and uh, that was uh, that was that shot. Wow. Um, there yeah, you go. So, it works out, man. It's, it's yeah, it works. Yeah, so it, it helps to like uh, watch behind the scenes and stuff because you just steal cool ideas and, and it worked pretty well. Um, so yeah, and then oh, the, the dark yeah. the dark void stuff was like a couple five Ks um, that we got um, just tungsten, and we really needed ten Ks or something bigger, way bigger, um, and we oh. need to be in a studio because you're doing slow mo and yeah, yeah I mean, everything's we, all slow mo. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a uh, learned a lot from that. Like, I'll, I'll never do it that way again, because um, you know we were like 240 frames and punched into 2K, and uh, it just <laughs> I think it looks kind of terrible. Um, the colorist did a really good job of denoising it, um, but yeah, like slow mo, low light, epic stuff is uh, is pretty rough. Um, and I learned that on that project. Um, so that was, that was definitely a good learning experience. 
and that was what that whole project was for was basically just a learning experience yeah well i mean I, it turned out great it oh, uh thanks <laughs> it turned out great yeah i mean it turned out well enough to win i guess so i guess uh, i can't be too hard on myself but you know you always learn from from the projects that you do and that was a. Uh, that was, it's funny that you bring that project up because that was one of the bigger learning experiences I had in terms of uh, filmmaking. Because um, there was like a, a lot of pressure because it was early on. I had never done anything that big, even though like looking back, it was very small. Um, but yeah, I just made a ton of mistakes and uh, definitely like learned how to do it differently. Um, and I haven't had the chance to do anything like that video. Um, but I'm looking forward to doing more stuff like that. Cool. And so, and so some of the things you learned was how, how to do slow-mo dark room <laughs> and, yeah, um... yeah. and basically just don't <laughs> shoot it on the Epic. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of like, uh, one of the, one of the bigger things actually is so like, um, just like cropping in general, like cropping into 2k or something like that and how it really kind of destroys the nature of what the lens is doing. And so like, you know, we're at like an, we're on 18 millimeter or something like that. And, we're oh punched my into gosh. 2K, and it just looks like garbage. Um, and so like there was other shots that we did, like I realized it on the day. Um, and so I tried to cover ourselves by doing like some other shots at like, uh, it was like 72 frames or whatever. Um, and then at 5k, I think it was, I'm sorry, I don't remember the, the specs of the camera very well. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, lower frame rate, so it wasn't cropping in. And, like, those shots looked good. Um, but the director was set on doing the, uh, the 240. So a lot of those made it in there. But, yeah, it was uh, – so, but I, basically, like, through that I learned, like, oh, like, cropping in sucks for a lot of reasons. Um, kind of ruins what the lens is doing um, on that camera, like, created a ton of noise. Um, especially since it was like dark, like, uh, cause if it was like daytime outside, like that you can get away with it more. But when you're doing like low light stuff, it kind of looks really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, it's tough, especially when that sensor, you know, you're just using 2k of that cropped in sensor on that red. And like, I mean, it's not, it's not the latest because it was shot a while ago, right? So it's not the latest yeah. red camera. So yeah, no, it was. I don't even think it was the Dragon. It was whatever was before that Epic M or whatever. I don't remember exactly. Oh. After but the MX, I think maybe it was the MX. I don't know. Oh <laughs> um, man, <laughs> yeah, that was like yeah, yeah. That's right, MX. It would be Epic MX, I believe. Yeah, I, yeah. I okay, well, um, I'm gonna link that down in the in the show notes, um, and so you guys can like check out the ad and and stuff but another another project that i just i i love is the uh still is the narrative piece that you guys oh, got yeah. a vimeo staff pick on um yeah. i know i talked to you about this a little bit but i just wanted to go more in depth with exactly how you guys did this this rig right sure. it was um yep. it was a two camera crane right this is practical this is like going the two okay I'll explain the video a little bit so that people can visualize it. So it's yeah. a split screen between two different people as they're lying in bed and they're kind of like, uh, I'm they're, they're having a conversation reminiscing about like old times kind of thing. And it's like a call out of the blue. Um, so that's, that's basically what it is. Yeah, but it's really cool because it's got the split screen and it's got this yep. similar camera kind of crane mm -hmm. up. 
eagle eye um, mm-hmm. view. How did you guys pull this off? Yeah, that was really cool. Um, so the reason we did it that way um, is... Uh, yeah, I guess... Uh, we, yeah, I'll, sorry. I'll, send you, I'll send you a picture of it, too. Because um, I have a picture, an overhead picture of the rig, and that, that'll help kind of, like, clear it up. But um, uh, Sorry, I'm just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind myself. I got a little carried yeah, away. Yeah, how, did, how did this project come about in the beginning where did the concept come from uh yeah how did it how did it begin cool so dan woodliffe um is the director and uh jason grindy um and me co-dp'd it um basically jason um had read the script that dan wrote and he was like dude we got to do this and uh jason really pushed him to do it so a lot of ways like jason was also a producer as long as as well as like um me and dan we we all kind of but jason was like the instigator jason grindy and um so he convinced dan to to do this script and uh and this was dan's first like his directorial debut kind of thing wow Um, what a a directorial debut (laughs) (laughs) right yeah it's pretty cool it's a really beautiful little piece um so that's how it kind of came about and then uh me and dan were talking about it and uh we kind of um came to the conclusion that we wanted to shoot um shoot both shots simultaneously um so what we ended up doing um i spent a lot of time trying to figure out talking to a lot of different people about how to do this we put the beds head to head and then we had a a fisher 21 jib with a old seven foot hood mount attached to the end and then we attached the two cameras on each end of that hood mount kind of pointing straight down over top of the beds so i don't know if that paints a good visual picture in anybody's mind but it was kind of like yeah it was just extended out in like the jib was extended out between the two heads of the beds and then the the hood mount extended out over top of the beds and so we were able to shoot uh, simultaneously, um, so that the actors were able to just like talk to each other, um, and just like, cause it was going to be, it was always going to be just a single shot. Um, cause we were never going to cut ever. Um, so we really wanted them to be able to just have a conversation and be able to hear each other and just like, we would just take the best take. Um, so it was really cool. It was, uh, it was an absolutely amazing experience. Um, because we, yeah, we got to do this really cool rig, and then it was a really cool environment on set because the actors just got to talk to each other. And uh, Dan did a really good job of like um, creating a really good mood on set with just like everybody feeling really, really relaxed. We did a pre-rig day, so there was no pressure, no rushing around, and we just had this one shot to get. Um, and it was truly the best filmmaking experience, filmmaking experience of my entire life. Wow. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was amazing because everything about it was so great. Like, cause I was happy about the lighting. I mean, there's things I would change now, but at the sure. time I was like super stoked about the lighting, um, super stoked about the rig, um, and just the environment and the actors and everybody who was working on it. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, in it, in that vibe, just totally it comes through it seeps through the film you can (laughs) feel it you know like it's it's you know it's it's you know it's a one take and Mm -hmm. the timing is perfect right yeah and you know because they they actually are having that conversation so we didn't need to time anything because it was just like it was just there exactly and so i think 
you know, with the combination of those, that idea that that was, that was really cool. So was that your mm-hmm. idea to come up with a, we're going to do both these shots at the same time? Or was this a director's thing? And you were like, oh, how am I going to, you know, figure this out? Was there any kind of like, oh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't do it this way. Maybe it'll be too challenging and too hard. Like, yeah, we, it was a, it was a combination, like it was collaboration is how we got to it. Cause like, Originally, we never we didn't think of it as a possibility because um, I don't know why I don't know it seems very obvious now and I don't remember how exactly the idea came up to to shoot it simultaneously because um, part of so part of the complication is the at the end um, the cameras needed to move straight up and so otherwise it's super easy like just rig two overhead cameras but that was why the jib was involved. Um, is because the cameras had to raise up at the end. Um, so that's that's how it got complicated. And that's why, like, I think we were, like, thinking about how complicated moving a camera straight up would be um, with no money um, that we didn't really, like, um, think think of, like, oh, let's just shoot it at the same time because we were worried that it was going to cost too much because we were thinking about, like, motion control and, like, how to oh, make everything yeah. perfect and whatever. And then we realized, like, oh, just attach the cameras on the same rig and then just, like, jib up and there you go. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a lot of conversations of, like, oh, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And then it was, like, oh, wait, we should just shoot at the same time. And then Dan was, like yeah we absolutely should like that that would be amazing for everybody and yeah um and that was when i went and talked to different people about how to do it um and and so who did you i guess um you don't have to give like specific names but like what kind of people did you reach out to are there any key grips or people that you trust in in that realm that you reached out to are there dps or um I'm worried I'm going to forget somebody that I talked to, but um, I remember specifically talking to Chandler Forbes and Dylan Borger because um, I, I don't remember which one of them said which, but like are those I think, are they I um was, are they DPs yeah, they, or grips or they were G and E guys G and E guys um, yeah so Dylan was like just use the 21 jib and I was like yeah but then I had all these reasons not to but he's like oh well what if you just try this and then it was like oh okay and then he opened my mind up to like just using a jib. Um, because he, he actually said uh, use the Fisher 10, just the dolly, and just uh, boom up. Um, but I was the distance wasn't going to be enough. And um, and then I talked to Chandler, and he basically, like, nailed down, like, yeah, use, use the 21 jib, and then just have, like, some sort of crazy, like, tri-truss rig uh, at the end of it. And then I went and talked to Matt Lowing, and then he's like, Oh, that's a cool idea. Let's use this uh, crazy seven-foot hood mount that I have from, like, <laughs> who knows when, like the 60s. Um, and so he pulled that thing out, and then he built the rig with me. Um, so, yeah, it was basically like those three people, um, all g and guys. Uh, Matt Lowing owns uh, the rental house in Grand Rapids. Um, and so he, he's that's why he had all this, like, crazy stuff. Because I knew he had tri-trust, but he came up with a better hood mount solution. Um, yeah, so it was kind of just like talking to a lot of people who were smarter than me <laughs> about rigging and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, um, those three people especially, though, um, for the for the specific rig. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. And so that crane that, that you're thinking of... Um, 
it is it's one that goes straight up right it's not like a camera no. it's not like is it a camera crane that kind of like it has was, an it was arc a jib. it was oh, a jib it had, really? yeah, it, had an, it had an arc and actually like the uh originally i was thinking that would be a bad thing but it actually turned out to be a good thing because oh. we needed we needed yep. so we were going from a uh a shot of one person to a shot of two people and so the arc actually kept the camera in the middle um so it, it actually the arc ended up working out because it's just the fisher oh, 21 I see. The, yeah the fisher 21 jib is what we used um so yeah so just like sending it in from the side and it just arced up kind of like to the perfect spot um so we kind of we kind of lucked out on that too it was just kind of like the perfect design for that scenario um yeah Wow, I know I'm watching it right now. I'm watching yes. it right now, and so yes, I do see where that arc is mm-hmm. and where that arc comes or goes mm-hmm. to. Yeah, no, it's perfect, man. Yeah, that's awesome. We, I'm actually yeah, really excited to see do, the BTS. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to send you that picture. Um, there's also like there's other photos, but like that one picture kind of like shows the rig perfectly. Um, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting because we didn't we thought we were gonna have to like move the image over like do like a digital i don't know move um to keep everything centered but with the arc we didn't have to so everything is practical we didn't change anything any no so no repo in post at all i don't not that i remember i could be wrong on that but as far as i remember it was like oh yeah everything worked out great oh my Um, gosh (laughs) so yeah because we used the same the same lens uh so we actually we ended up getting uh cook s4s for it um we so it was no budget but we ended up spending a lot of our own money on it um which tends to happen yeah that's how it goes yeah i know like me dan and jason especially just drop tons of money into it um well yeah so another logistics thing that i'm thinking of now is that how do how did you because of that boom you've got a change in focus so how did you guys do (laughs) do focus is there one unit or two units on the camera and then one no, it was super, super janky. Um, we had uh, Jason on a ladder and Tyler Holman, another AC, on a ladder, just pulling focus manually from the barrel. Ah. So, yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, very unimpressive and very not the way we wanted to do it. But, you know, it was just like we had no money. So it was like, yeah, that, that's how we did it. So well, they just stood on ladders out of the actor's eye line for – two and a half three minutes however long the thing is and then they just like pulled focus at the end when the camera went up and it wasn't like too much of a pull but it was enough that they had to be there sure sure i mean i would assume it's it's a darker image right you probably exposed it um a little brighter on set but i mean you're probably still rocking uh you know Uh, t what two t two eight you know like um, trying to get light in there i think we were at a um yeah, we were wide open. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so we had a two because it was the S4. So, um, yeah, we were wide open. And I think we were at 800 ISO. Um, I don't know, it was a long time ago. But I, I think back then I was shooting everything at 800 because um, I thought Cause that was base. what you were. Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> oh, that's what you have to do. Like, <laughs> and I've changed changed my mind since then. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, – yeah, so I'm pretty sure that was what it was. Wide open, um, 800 um we were it was daylight uh we we had the the way we lit it was uh two 1200s bouncing into into a 12 by and that was actually lighting both of them because they were just they were yeah so it was just 
like the one big source lighting everything and then just flagged it out, which you can kind of see on the picture that I'm going to send you as well. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that kind of, that makes sense. You got, you got the, I'm, I'm picturing the beds kind of head frame butting <laughs> up to each, each other. Yep. And then, and then that's where the keys come from. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Any neg fill in, in there? I mean, in the final, um, it's pretty dark. Um, right. No, I actually, um, I thought I would, but I ended up adding a bounce on both sides. Wow. Um, yeah, just to like, um, yeah, because I felt like it was just like going a little too dark even, um, which is actually one of the things I probably would change. I probably would have pulled those bounces. Um, at the, I'm just thinking back to at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, there needs to be a little fill. But I think I would have gone more... Um, more dramatic. I don't know. It's it's hard to. It's quite dramatic already. Yeah, it, especially it with the grade. Well, that's that's the thing. Like the grade, we we worked hard on the grade to kind okay. of like make it what we wanted it to be. Um, yeah. And that was all Jason Grindy kind of making that work. So, um, yeah, no, this is cool, man. This is really good insight. I I want to see that behind the scenes photo. So you you're in uh you're in a smaller market. Um. Grand Rapids isn't like crazy big. Um, how 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 are you are you um, how are you doing it? How are you getting like just solid gigs in in a smaller town like that? Like you know, and I think we've talked before. You said that you're gonna stick there and build up the relationships that you've got going on. But um, how are you how are you making it sustainable for you? So. There's it is a small market, but there is um, a decent amount of work because of big companies like Amway and Steelcase. Um, those are the two that jumped to mind. But there's like a ton of companies, and that's like true of any. Well, not maybe not that big of companies, but there's usually like whatever city you're in, like there's going to be somebody doing something um, to sustain everybody who's living in a city. So like Amway's huge. Um, and a lot of a lot of the production companies in town do work for Amway. So, um, yeah. So you just find like what I did is I just found production companies that I wanted to work with. Um, Gorilla being one of them. Um, since I started out with them and stuff, um, so I do a lot of work with them, and then um, I do a lot of work with two other companies in town, um, Drop Drop and Voyage. Um, so basically I have like those three and I do a lot of work with them and that sustains me just like having those three companies that I can do work with on a consistent basis, um, is very sustainable. Um, yeah. And then then that was through just being there, being around them, knowing them, building relationships. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was a, yeah. Relationships. Exactly. Um, that's, that's pretty much all it was is just, uh, meeting these people and just building a friendship and just working together. Um, and yeah, just getting recommended by other people who I was friends with. Um, so yeah, it just kind of like it started very small and just like kept building connections slowly over time and just really getting to know people over time. And then people eventually trust you enough to, to let you shoot the projects and, uh, if you do well enough, they let you keep shooting projects. And so that was kind of how it went for me is um, just building these relationships and building trust. Gotcha. Okay. And and so if if you mind me asking, how, how many days are you working a month? Average, like about right now. 
that's a good question. Um, it's been pretty busy um, this year. Um, I did some of it was gripping. Like January, I didn't shoot anything, but I gripped a lot. Um, but then, like, so the past few months, I've probably worked like two days a week, maybe on average. I'm just trying to like average because a lot of it's like, oh, I worked for a week and then I didn't work the next week. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Just yeah, average. Probably, probably ad- averaging two or three days a week. So, um, and that's pretty sustainable. And then you just fill your, your free time with other stuff. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And yeah then, about two, three days a week. Gotcha. And then how much are you then prepping? I mean, that's two three days of of shooting or work of Of, of, is that grip and shooting or uh let me uh, you know i'll look it up um but i think it's like kind of um a mixture of both okay what so it's what would you say just for shooting so for shooting well let's see here so i did three so shooting's like, yeah, it looks like shooting has actually been about two days a week on average. And then Dude, like, there's usually a day man. of prep. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really busy. Um, so day of prep, I did a longer trip, uh, went out to Yosemite, which was awesome. So that was like a week and a half. Wow. Wait, um, hold up, hold up, hold up. And that, we need to talk about that. We need to talk yeah. about you going to Yosemite and, and what were you doing? Just camping out there? Like how uh, was, <laughs> what were you doing? Was, uh, yeah. So this is, um, kind of like a, a project that came up. It was a friend of mine who he moved to Chicago and then moved back and started working for a company in town. Um, and then he got me and a couple other, other of our friends on the shoot where we, uh, went out to Yosemite um, to shoot beautiful images of some like 20 something year olds hiking through the mountains. Oh my god! It's kind of like this, uh, like poetic type thing. Um, I'm so jealous. I'm, yeah, it was I'm, I'm pretty jealous. Yeah. It was, a uh, when I heard about it, I was like, Whoa, really? Like Yosemite. Holy crap. Like that's, uh, you know, that's sounds like a really cool place to go. Yeah. You bet I'll go. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, uh, yeah, we all went out there. Um, so what was the project for? It was for, so it's, I'm going to get this wrong, but so it was through, um, our daily bread, which is a company that like they do a lot of church stuff. Like, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of different stuff. Like, uh, the, the, like, I had heard of them before. Kind of like church of, fuel? Kind of, but not really. Cause like they, they have like send out all these devotionals. And so that's what I had heard of them before, like was like, oh, yeah, our daily bread, the devotional people. Um, But they do they have this whole video branch as well. And so it was actually it's kind of like a brand video for this um, like sub company called Off the Page, um, which is kind of like (laughs) uh, targeting millennials, I guess. Uh, so which is like that's in the brief that's that's the brief yeah so that's why i feel i feel bad if i'm like butchering this but um i guess we're both we're both millennials i mean we're both in that in that category so in that category so yeah i was targeting us um but yeah it was like uh it was like about prayer and stuff and uh kind of like it's kind of the the goal is to do something really cool visually that kind of gets people interesting to interested in like the spiritual side of, um, 
of like worship and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was kind of an interesting project project, but what we did basically is we just hiked around the mountains and made beautiful images Dude, Um, and then they're going to cut it together with voiceover. And so, yeah, it was, it was cool just like walking around and being like, okay, everything here is beautiful. Let's find the most beautiful thing and film that. And that was basically how we spent a week and a half. So Uh, mostly a week, but yeah, week and a half. Were you, were you in a tent? Were you, did you have a cabin? Nope. Do you have a base camp or anything? Yeah, so it was, they have like hotels in Yosemite. And oh, so you didn't like, get the real experience. No, no, You didn't no. do the real experience. <laughs> it was nice to go back to a bed though. So. I'm, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Did you have a, let me guess, did you have an easy rig? Were you, were you rocking an easy oh, rig? Really? I should have. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I just went for it. It was uh, the Ursa Mini 4.6K. Oh. Um, so that was what we were how, running around with. How was that, man? I mean, that's that's a week I, and a half with the Ursa Mini, dude. Like, yep. how is it? Give me give me I, a overview. I loved it. I'm excited to see the post process of it, like how like um, just like how well it colors and stuff like that. But I really enjoyed the camera. Like, there's that's awesome. Yeah, there's goofy things about it. Like, um, it's not really they don't. <laughs> it's kind of a. Uh, I think they designed the camera. For like a one-man band kind of thing because all the controls are on the operator side sure um and there's some goofy things like you have to open the flip out screen to do stuff um yeah so there's definitely like you know there's definitely a lot of issues with the camera in terms of usability but the image was pretty sweet and the dynamic range is amazing um yeah i'm so- i my ac who um we just we just shot a short with it as well and he was oh, yeah. he was saying how how um how just god awful it was for him you know <laughs> yeah. just in prep yeah. and like everything yeah. <laughs> it's just it was nothing, so nothing works the way you feel like it should yeah um, yeah that's what he was saying yeah you can't even like put it on a dovetail like i mean we it's so ridiculous um yeah some things about it are just uh just really weird um but they i think the reason for that is because they have their own like like they're going for a different market than what i think you and me are trying to do um so I think they are going for like more of the one man band type of thing, um, where there's no AC. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you have an AC, it's very frustrating for the AC, I think. And was um, Tyler on that? Yep. Tyler Holman was my AC. Okay. Um, yeah, he made it work. Like, uh, it took, it, we, he did a bit of prep to try to figure out how to make the camera work the way we wanted it to. Um, and basically we figured out, yeah, we just need to use everything that black magic wants us to use. Um, so we used their shoulder mount and all that other stuff. And we were handheld the whole time. Okay, um, just on the shoulder? Yep. Well, actually, so, like, I'm pretty tall. So I was mostly, like, me just holding it at chest level. Um, just top Oh, handle. cradling it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just kind of cradling it. Um, Dude, I, I cannot wait for this piece, man. Because that's, like, my dream is yeah. just to go out in, like, the wilderness and, like, <laughs> film you know like just just yeah. do that so i'm i'm yeah, really excited to see them man um, it, was a lot of, it was a highlight so um so the camera the images have you seen have you gotten back the images yet no, are they i haven't i haven't seen anything i have no idea you um, didn't you it, didn't even look into the viewfinder that's how good you are <laughs> that's right yeah i just kind of like shooting blind um <laughs> yeah no it was a, i mean like i think they're good um i that's actually not true i did um 
I did see a couple shots um, pulled up on a computer uh, when they were, we were we were offloading some stuff, and it was like, oh, okay, because we were double checking something because uh, one of I think the first day um, the sun got pretty low in the sky, and so it was getting pretty dark, and so we were worried about because the camera has terrible low light. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we we were worried that the image was going to suck, um, but we looked at it and it was fine. Um, can't shoot on over 400 ISO apparently because uh, it looks like garbage. But really, so, yep, yep. They they recommend um, shooting at 400. Interesting. Uh, like uh, yeah, I was reading up on it and uh, some guy did like a bunch of testing with it and he's like, yeah, the best image is 400 ISO. Said so if you go to 800, like it's getting rough and 16 is obviously unusable. Yeah, and so um, just to confirm, this yeah. is the 4.6, right? Yep. PL. Uh, no, it's the EF. EF version. Okay. But same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, definitely 400 is the best. We shot at 200 a bit, too, um, when we uh, – because we – how? why did that happen? Oh, we only had – what was it? It was like we only had one usable tray. Yeah, the, the map box we had only had one usable tray. Because the other was like it had a four by four and then a four by five point six five tray. Yeah. Um, and all of our filters were four by five point six five. So. Oh. Um, so on really bright days, we shot at two hundred. Because um, our what was our? I don't remember. We our ND couldn't get us low, low enough. Basically, was what happened. So we did shoot at two hundred ISO sometime, which is also good. Um, but apparently, four hundred is the best. Interesting. I want to know. Um... I want to know who this, who did the testing for this. I know. Um, I'm sure I don't have the link anymore. Um, but yeah, it was just, yeah, I wish I had saved that. Um, but yeah, he, it was a, it looked like a pretty good test. Um, so I, I trusted it and uh, I don't know, it seemed to work. I haven't seen the final footage though. I'm not, I'm not saying this because I, I you're, you're wrong or something, but um, I, are you a part of Shane's inner circle? Uh, I'm not actually. Okay. Well, Shane, Shane, uh, he did like three or four articles just on the Ursa Mini 4.6. And he was saying that 800 actually has the best dynamic range and the best image. Really? That's interesting. That's Um, so, anyways. Not the charts that I was looking at, but. Interesting. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I I found that um, even at the highest levels, people disagree on technical stuff like that. And I I don't understand how that happens. so it's kind of weird. It's like, who do you trust? You know, like it's all these professionals and all these people who like know what they're doing and they get different results. So I'm not sure. Um, that's really interesting, though. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll just I guess we'll have to do our own tests. And I mean, it's subjective in a sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, 800 ISO is going to have more ISO or more grain than than 400. But I guess it's like, what yeah. is there any? benefit or, or something to that yeah i don't know that's interesting yeah because he was definitely saying 400 at the best dynamic range i don't remember who the guy was but okay yeah i'd be interested to see that to at least read about it because yeah I, I, not to say that like one is one's like the correct answer and one's not but like just an interesting perspective um yeah. so in in um osemity right you're going there to shoot and you're you're out in the wilderness and you're just kind of like you you handheld you got this like organic kind of vibe going on what kind of stuff did you guys do to prep for the actual not not technical technicalities aside how did you actually go sure. about you know approaching this shoot how you were going to do it from your point of view and your perspective 
Yeah. Um, so Matt Everett and Jason Grindy co-directed the piece. Um, and so Jason uh, storyboarded um, the whole thing. Um, so it was it was very planned. Okay. Um, and so we so the three of us went to Yosemite four three or four days earlier than everybody else, and we just scouted uh, for three days, um, and just drove around, found found where we wanted to shoot. Uh, Jason re-storyboarded a little bit based on those locations, um, and we just made a really really solid plan because um, we didn't have a ton of time. We had we shot it was four videos in four days, and wow. we uh, in one of the days we had to. Oh no, that was the fifth day we drove back to San Francisco and shot some more there. Um, but yeah, basically it was basically four videos in four days. And um, we ended up shooting like a little out of order um, to make the schedule work and stuff. But um, yeah, so we, and like we didn't have a ton of daylight because um, it was, uh, it was in March still. So I can't remember how many hours we had. Um, but it was like something like we had 10 hours of usable light. Um, so we had to make sure that we planned it really well. Uh, so, and it was also the crazy part of the scouting though. Cause like, obviously scouting is a good idea. Um, but it snowed on the second day <laughs> of our scout. And so it kind of ruined everything. Um, but then, um, or we thought it was going to ruin everything. So we basically replanned everything, planning around the snow, and then the snow melted in two days. So halfway through the first day of shooting, the snow is gone. Um, so, or by the end of the first day of shooting, the snow is gone. So wow. we did. Um, luckily, that that first day of shooting was a very contained um, uh, spot in the story where we were just in one place and it kind of, uh, I, I, we'll see, we'll see how the continuity works out. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, weather was nuts. Um, just like, cause it was like six inches of snow wow. uh, out of nowhere. Cause it was like uh, the, the first day we scouted bright, sunny day, no snow anywhere except for the tops of the mountains. And then walk outside the next day and there's six inches of snow on the ground and everything looks different. Oh it's my like, gosh. Yeah. It was like, it was uh, kind of crazy. So then we spent the next two days of uh, our scouting planning around the snow and then, and then, um, it, and then it was gone. And then the snow went away. Um, so luckily like we, so yeah, we did a lot of like replanning day to day. So Every night, me and Jason and Matt would meet up and be like, okay, there's no more snow now, so I guess this location works again, so that's good. Um, and then we kind of just, like, replan stuff. But, like, uh, the thing about the snow melting is it left, like, lakes of water everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so we ended up pushing one thing to the end so that the hopefully the water would go away enough. And it, it went away mostly. But yeah, there was a there's a big lake where we wanted to shoot our first scene, um, so we we waited till the water went away more. But yeah, it was this weather oh. was nuts. Weather was nuts, and you can't really prepare for that. You just kind of have to like um, go with it, and that's what we did. Yeah, I mean that's that's all you can do. You're you're you know shooting in those conditions. You're at the mercy of the weather, you know, right? And it's yeah. and it's such a key part of the the environment. Such a key part of the film. It's like yeah, it was like the whole story is like this environment. It's like yeah, and it was ever changing. So yeah, uh, it turned out really good though. Um, 
you know, I think we were just like, like staying flexible um, and not getting stressed out about how much we were getting screwed by the weather kind of made it work. Um, it, so, so having that psyche, having that, having that yeah. not so like, okay, a man, like we just, we got to work with this, right. And, mm-hmm. and not try and force something into, yeah. into being, a, you know, yeah, so we all kind of like gave ourselves a minute of like, wow, this really sucks, and then it's like, okay, now let's let's solve this problem of how we're going to do this. Sure. Um, and so, what so, kind yeah. what kinds of techniques, I guess, would you go about planning out shots? Were they were they logistic stuff? Were they lo- for locations? Was it based on logistics that like, okay, like this this segment, this portion of Yosemite would be really good because of X, Y, Z. Um, Was it, was it, what kind of stuff was that? Was it aesthetic? Was it logistics based? Was it, what Mm kind of, I'm just really, I'm just really um, interested in, in this kind of a, like a natural, just this nature project, which Mm -hmm. I, like I would really love to do sometime. And so I'm just trying to pick your brain on how exactly your thought process was. Yep. So what we did um, is we, there's a lot of, so it's nice, Yosemite is nice because there's a million pictures of Yosemite. So basically we just like looked through libraries of pictures and just were like, that looks good for this scene. Cause we had the script, like there was a script, even though it was pretty loose, it was kind of like, um, different environments for different emotions was kind of how we were thinking about it. So it was like, we have this big old cliff that looks off into the distance and we need that for this part, for this scene where um, they realize that they have like many more mountains to climb at the end of episode three. Um, So we knew we needed specific locations for just story wise. And so it was like looking through pictures, picking the best ones. And then when we got there, we found out we couldn't get to half of them because of like road closures and stuff like that. So then it was like, but we have this like whole library of images where it's like, okay, that one didn't work, but let's look at this one. Um, and so those were kind of, those became sort of your references in a way. Um, yep. You know, yep. were you looking at other films? No, we didn't look at anything else that was, well, there was a, in the, when we were at Yosemite, um, in one of the shops, they had like a, a video playing of like just images of Yosemite. And so we saw a couple of those and we tried to find those. Um, but yeah, mostly we just, we didn't really look at any video other than that. And that was an accident. Um, but yeah, it was mostly just like pictures. Um, I see. I see. Yeah. Cool, man, dude. Uh, so, um, anyways, I'll, I'll let you continue with your, uh, the thought process. Oh, sure. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it's like finding the pictures that we saw that looked really cool. Um, and we did that throughout our scouting, three scouting days as well. Um, because we realized how much had changed and what the, like there was huge sections of the park that were either like way too far away. Cause you, somebody's huge. Yeah. Um, so it's like some of this, what, like one of the places we wanted, it was like, Oh, that's a five hour drive from here. We're not going to go there. Um, so it was like, yeah. And then we drove around a bit and then there was like some, some, like surprise places. It was like, Oh, this is really cool. And it's not on any, no one's taken pictures of it. Cause it, it doesn't really work as a picture, but for the story, it's perfect. Um, so we found like this place in the woods where they like walk across this log. And, uh, so we just found stuff like that too. Cause we knew we wanted, like we wanted a lot of traveling shots and then we had like key moments. Um, so yeah, it was a, 
yeah, it was quite a process just figuring out where we were going to go and it was pretty stressful and it was a lot of work. Um, but yeah, really just starting from those images that we found on the internet and then just matching them to what was possible in real life. Man, I really wish this film was out right now so that I could show yeah. it. But um, it's, it's apparently not going to be done till like August or something like that. So oh, wow. it's unfortunately a long wait. Like, like just, I mean, you're done, right? Because, I mean, you've yeah. shot it all. Yeah, it's all shot. It's just, um, I think that company has a ton of other projects. Like, I know they're in Israel right now. Um, so I, I just think they, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, why the post process is going to take so long, but I think they just have like a bunch of other priorities. Um, gotcha. So, yeah. Huh. Well, um, what what would be some advice for some DPs going into the wilderness slash doing some sort of an adventure uh, piece like this? Like, sure. Um, I think, um knowing the environment you're getting yourself into, like in terms of what clothes you're going to bring and then have a variety. Cause so I thought we were going to be cold. The whole, well, all of us thought we were going to be cold in Yosemite cause it was March is early March. And there was, uh, I mean it snowed, but it was actually like super warm. So just at bringing versatile clothing, um, is important for that kind of stuff. Um, cause I, yeah, I had way too many sweatshirts and not enough like shorts. So, um, yeah, so, like, yeah, definitely like just like planning any sort of trip. Like if you've ever been like, hopefully if you're doing some, something like this, you've done like wilderness hiking trips. Um, cause it, it's really strenuous as well. Um, like just like, it's a, it's a different kind of exhaustion when you're like climbing to the top of a mountain to do stuff. Did you, did you have to train for this project? Did you I have should've. like a month of, um, <laughs> month of no. like personal trainer? Like, no, I, I should have, um, but no, I just, uh, I'm in like the worst shape of my life, but I, you know, I just kind of like <laughs> went for it anyway. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it would help to be in shape. Like there was, uh, there was times at the ends of the day where my hands were shaking cause I was just tired. And so like getting in shape for that kind of stuff is definitely important. Um, so yeah, like, and just for like important like performance of operating like being in shape is better so i would definitely yeah, recommend that that was that was something that i wish i had done it's definitely a, a very physical job i think to yeah. to begin with you know regardless if you're hiking up a mountain you've you've got a lot of physical uh activities going on you know especially if you're doing lower lower end stuff where you're you're also moving equipment and and mm-hmm. doing all that but also you had tyler there so you could you know you just yep. probably hand hand the camera over to tyler here i yep. with this up the mountain <laughs> yeah so, sometimes yeah no um, yeah it was yeah it was definitely helpful like yeah that's the thing um we didn't do any lighting uh which was i think a good decision on this project all natural um, yeah all natural i mean we i think we had like a yeah, we had a bounce, um, which we used a lot, but like that's it's just a flex fill. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in terms of like what crew you want there, like we were really intentional about how many people we brought. Sure. And so um, our art person was also our hair and makeup and wardrobe person. So that was like a bit much for her, but um, she killed it. She did such a good job. And that was Erica Pinero. Oh um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, she's she, fantastic. Yeah, she's amazing, and she took on a lot for that project because we just couldn't have that many people. And so basically, like me and Tyler Holman were the camera team, 
and and lighting team like so sometimes like if the few times we were on sticks like i would hold the bounce otherwise we had like matt hold the bounce like it was yeah we just like um make sure you bring so like a big part of the reason why i brought tyler on that one and a reason that i bring him on a lot of projects is he's down to do more than just what his job description is um and so like when you're planning a shoot like that you want people who are down to do whatever needs to be done even if it's not like part of their job um man so that's you'd, you'd, like jump in and do whatever needed to be done um like like they're like we all helped as much as we could like move art stuff around when erica needed us to um it's just like like how can we help you kind of just move stuff around and um yeah would, and would just, you guys uh, be moving like boulders around and stuff being like ah, this we, boulder's we, not in the correct spot here we weren't allowed to actually um that was another thing about yosemite is you can't you can't move anything like you can't move a log like it's seriously leave leave nature the way it is yeah well i Um, guess it makes sense yeah yeah so that's yeah i guess uh knowing that kind of stuff about the location so learn about the location um learn about like what what you need in terms of like uh, a team to work in that location and uh yeah and then just do as much prep as you possibly can and then know that everything's going to change. But like the prep that you do definitely helps. Um, yeah. Don't forego through, that. Yeah. Don't forego yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but, but keep it yeah. flexible and, and know that yep. maybe it can get changed. Yeah. 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 And we, we knew the feel that we wanted. Um, and Jason is really good with uh, lenses and stuff like that. So um, like he would just, yeah, he he's really good at like walking into a space and being like, it needs to be shot on this lens. And so um, having like a director like that is super helpful because then I can focus on like um, other stuff, like how I'm going to get the camera into this position kind of thing um, or, or like, you know, practice like walking a uh, line because it was a lot of like walking around and kind of following. Yeah. And so um, I did a lot of like okay, I'm going to walk this route five times and then I won't trip and fall when I, when I do this for real. Um, well, so. and I, and I think too, I mean, a, a lesser experienced team would just be like, Oh, we're going to do like this nature film out in Yosemite and, and we'll just, we'll go camping and like, we'll just see what we get, you know, like a week and a half there. We'll just, we'll find stuff and we'll shoot it. But it sounds like you guys have a very methodical way of doing this which mm-hmm. you know i i wouldn't actually have expected but mm-hmm. like that's what it i guess that's what it takes like you know yeah, that's just it definitely it definitely helped um having all that preparation and knowing what we wanted um and we did like um so basically like, the way we kind of shot it was um jason had like the plan and it was like this is the way that the edit he ed he the way that Jason directs is he edits before we shoot. So um, he actually dropped all his like sketches into a timeline and just like paste it all out uh, with a voiceover before we even went. Oh, wow. And like so, an animatic. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Except it was just, yeah, just drawings and just like stick figures. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, so he planned it all out. So we shot, we made sure we got all of those shots. And then, um, basically like I just ran around and got bonus stuff um, for like just in case, because you never know how the edit's going to go. So like he knew, we know what he wants and um, but we also knew that somebody else might edit it. 
Um, and like, I don't know, it was kind of a, you never know how post is going to go. So we kind of left ourselves options by like me and Matt just making up stuff, um, on the fly. So we did do a lot of that. Um, but we were still intentional about it. Um, so it was like, okay, what would be like, if we were going to cut, what could we cut to something like this? Cool. Um, so we, we just gave ourselves options, but yeah, uh, if, if none of that makes it into the film, that's great. Cause that means that the plan worked. Um, and I'm pretty sure the plan will work, but I, I don't know who's editing it and I don't think Jason is. So gotcha. that's how it's going to turn out. So, but, I mean, yeah. it, and, and so this, this company comes to you, the, what is it? Bread of life? Uh, our daily bread, our daily bread. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they come to you. Do they come to you with a brief? Did you guys, I'm, I'm this is more so, the director, but like, yeah, did yeah. you guys, did, was this like a full development project? Yeah, so my point of contact as the DP was, uh, Matt Everett, who was the director producer. And then Jason, who was the okay. co-director. Um, and Jason kind of was like the head visual person. And then Matt was more logistics and dealing with the actors and stuff. Um, so that's kind of how we ran it. So I basically only talked to Matt and Jason. I never talked to anybody from our daily bread. Um, I met, I met one of the other producers briefly. Um, but it was mostly just like, um, talking to Matt and Jason about, um, Matt about logistics and Jason mostly about, um, story and, uh, visuals. Sure. Um, that's kind of how we broke it down. Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that, that's how that would work. I I can see that. Um, man. So, um, I guess, I guess going in the long of like prep, what, what kind of other prep are you doing in general for other projects in Grand Rapids? Um, kind of on these, on these day-to-day shoots. I mean, are, are you doing, what's your prep process look like? Right That's for pretty, you, pretty similar. Um, so usually it starts with a meeting with uh, whoever. Um, this meeting explaining the project, uh, talking about like what do you th- like. I take a guess at what camera package and what lighting package we want. And right off um, the bat, is this with the director or producer or both? Uh, usually both. Usually director and producer. Okay. Um, and me and maybe like a production designer or something and um, maybe a couple other people, but. Um, yeah, it's mostly just a preliminary meeting or usually I get like an email or a phone call or something and be like, hey, are you available these days for this project? I'd be like, yep. Like, do you want to meet up on this day? Sounds good. And then um, we have that preliminary meeting and then we, you, um, I put, to, put together a team and then we go on a scout um, and then make any adjustments that we need to. But most of the stuff I'm doing is pretty simple and uh, pretty low budget. So it's kind of very restricted to like kind of a general type package. And then on a scout, like you can trade stuff around and move stuff around and try to get more specific things that you you might need. Um, That's kind of like the general prep that I'm doing. Um, Sometimes I do, if if the project calls for it, I'll do overheads um, of just like the lighting plot in the camera positions. Um, I do that as much as I can, but a lot of times the job just really doesn't call for it. Um, with some people I use Artemis, um, and like different directors want to work different ways. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, one director I work with is Zach page. Um, he really likes using Artemis and then he puts together a storyboard based on what we, the pictures we take on the scout, uh, with Artemis. And, uh, that is a really good system for us. Um, 
because then like on the shoot day like we don't even talk about the where the camera's going to go because we already know because we already took all the pictures and uh i it's just like next shot okay and i set up like the shot and uh he just like glances at the frame and it's like yep that's exactly what we talked about perfect so that's a good way to work it's just like knowing the shots you're gonna get um on the scout keeps everything moving fast and, yeah. and smooth yeah so yeah everything that i'm doing um in prep is just to make the day go fast sure so when i'm sure. planning like a, a recent project that i did uh we were running around this hotel basically and just doing like random shots and so we got uh fisher 10 and then we got some dance floor just to roll around on some of the bumpier stuff. Yeah. And then we had uh, just uh, three lights, basically, and a, a cart um, to just have everything. Like, yeah, just the three lights that we used the whole time on rolling stands and then a cart with random grip stuff. And then we just kind of rolled around the hotel, um, just moved as fast as we could. Yeah, and uh, how big how big was the crew on that? You had a because I saw a behind the scenes photo, which oh yeah, I wanna yeah. I wanna post that as well. I'll, I'll cool. show you guys there on the on the blog. But I mean, you had a uh, it looks like a dolly grip and yep. um so, yep gaffer dolly grip uh, first AC and that was it for camera and lighting um, and then me um, operating. So yeah, it was a four person um, camera and lighting team. And so that's how, and then we, uh, like the, uh, the producer, producer and the director like did help move stuff around a little bit too. Um, so that helps, uh, just with like, you know, it was nice like having the camera on the dolly. So then like, I think usually like I would push the dolly or, um, Vinny, the dolly grip would push the dolly to the next location. And then, uh, the other people would just pull the lights around and then, uh, Tyler Holman would just push his camera cart. And so we tried to keep it like really small and contained like that so that we could just move really fast and we didn't have to like move back and forth and back and forth to every location. Yeah. And sure. And you're at a hotel too. I mean, which I'm assuming was also yep, was functioning. It was. Yep. Yeah. So that's so. So you're lean and mean. You've got what two carts? You've got the two carts, the dolly with the camera that probably lives on there, right? Or did you? Yep. yep the whole time. Yeah. Uh, okay. We did two handheld shots, which was <laughs> which was tough with that uh, with that build. Eighteen we, to well, yes, yeah, so <laughs> folks. He's got a he's got an eighteen to one hundred on this, and if you don't know what that is, it's a monster. Well, I mean, I guess all Canon or all Cine zooms are monsters, but this one is yeah. especially uh, monstrous. I would say. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty heavy. Um, I, I can't believe you did handheld. Dude. Did you have an easy rig with that? No. Oh my gosh. There's, there's no money for easy rigs. Oh I, my so gosh. Like, the way, like, I mean, it would always be nice to have an easy rig, but I've always come up against like. I have to choose between getting a light and an easy rig. And it's like, I'm always going to get the light, you know, like, sure. I'm, or I'm always going to get something else. Like there's always something that's way more valuable to me. Um, cause that's most, most of what I'm doing in prep is just like, here's the numbers that I have available to me for rentals. Um, I'm just going to make it work. And, uh, yeah. So easy rig. I don't, I don't see that ever making the list. If, if there's you- there's yeah, so many more valuable things. And it, uh, yeah, I guess I'm just a, I'm just an easy boy or easy rig <laughs> fanboy. I, I I when when I used that 18100, um, I just lived on the easy rig, which I mean the whole yeah. thing was handheld, so it would have been literally impossible to do it any other way. But um, yeah, dude, even with an easy rig, it was really tough. It's heavy. It's it's really heavy, but it's worth it. I really like that lens. I've been oh, shooting on it as great. much as I can. So it's uh, apparently it's Roger Deakins. Uh, 
favorite Zoom. So, that's what uh, I heard. I heard yeah. that as well when I was doing my research. Yeah, yeah that's that's, that's awesome. Funny. All yeah. you need, all you need, is the uh, you know his um rocket pod. What do you the um? It's the uh, you know Hot Wheels um, crane remote head that he always uses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I the gotcha. Hot Pod or something. I actually don't know the name of it, but yeah. Yep, that would be nice. I, <laughs> it'd be nice to have that kind of money to throw around on that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, and like that's the thing about me being in a small market like that. Like I don't, like I would love to to use that kind of stuff, but I'm always trying to be very conscious of like what the budgets are always going to be. So I'm trying to come up with like packages that make sense in the market that I'm in. Um, and so like, um, a lot of projects you can just you know you can get the Fisher. And you can get like a pretty decent camera system and you can kind of just roll around like that. And like that's kind of, you know, that's a pretty good level to be at. I'm pretty happy with it. Sky panel or selects? So that's a good question. Um, so the the select is about like 175 to rent and the sky panel is about 250. Or the sky panel S60 is about 250. So just price wise, um, it, it depends. So if you need the punch, then definitely the sky panel. But the select is actually um, a lot more user friendly. The controls are not on the back of the light, which is nice. There, you can like just have the controls hanging on the stand. Um, so I've actually kind of um, I had that choice on a project coming up, and I chose the select. Oh. Um, so even though it has a lot less light, I'm in a situation where I don't need the punch. And so. Um, and it's ni- the nice thing about the select is that it has barn doors, and the uh, um, yeah the sky panel does not. So you kind of like need to have the Shamira with the sky panel. So that just adds more cost. Um, I like both of them. I like both of them a lot. I think the select is really cool though, um, and just like the how light it is, um, it's easier to use. Like so, it's faster. Um, it's lighter. It's uh, the controls are better designed um so yeah i guess if i if i didn't need the punch i would choose the select every single time hmm. gotcha yeah and, yep. and, and okay um what's uh what's coming up man what's next um just got some small commercial stuff coming up i think um i just helped out a friend on a passion project uh, chad terpstra i helped him out on father of the flame um so he's wrapping up his feature so i did a little shoot with him um what else did i do did a couple of little commercials recently uh next week got a couple more small commercials um i am gripping on something next week i'm shooting two projects next week and then um gripping on a commercial for meyer with uh matt lowing so gotcha yep Yep, just a few little things, and then I'm I'm actually doing a virtual reality shoot um, the week after that. Oh man, um, that's so what we, we didn't, didn't we, get into. We didn't talk about VR at all. Um, no, which I want uh, to. So yeah. I'm gonna have to have you back on. <laughs> all right, sounds good. We can talk about VR. It'll Maybe. be cool. This will be my third VR project. Wow. See, um, you're you're someone, man. That's yeah. I there there is not a lot of DPS around that are doing vr and doing it a commercially so i mean to it's i don't know it's interesting it's interesting it's a yeah vr is pretty interesting um there's just not a lot of people doing it in general um i think it's like vr has got to find its place in the marketplace and right now it's kind of just like travel videos um yeah yeah so 
yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. I'm excited to see where VR is going to go. Um, it's getting better all the time. Well, I know my um, I know one of my stops at Tribeca Film Festival is the uh, interactive uh, segment of the festival, which will be at their hub, and that is completely dedicated to virtual reality films. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited yeah. to check out that and see what people are doing with the medium. I know it's been at Sundance and it was this, mm-hmm. it was at the South by Southwest um, too yep. with a, yep. with a bunch of like directors doing narrative and in, in VR, but uh, man, that's a whole nother topic, which man, I wish yep, we would, uh, sure. wish we had more time, but uh, yeah, sure. everybody is probably sick of me chatting. <laughs> so um, no, but Hey Tyler, it's, um, I mean, we go, well, I, I'll explain this in the intro, but I mean, we, we went, we go way back, you know, right? We went to yep. school together and, and yep. man, it's so cool to see you, uh, you know, making this your thing and, and the success that you've had and the projects that you've been able to do. It's, it's really been, um, inspiring. Oh, thanks man. You know? And like, I'm just, I'm so happy to, uh, have chatted with you and, and your insight and whatnot so yeah thank- thanks for having me on it's it's been fun talking about it cool man well uh have fun with um hearthstone dude and you oh, know thanks. <laughs> Good luck. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll win the american championships or something and, and then and then and then you're gonna yeah, retire as a, a, <laughs> yeah i'm gonna retire from being a dp and become a pro hearthstone player <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing can you actually do that yeah you can i mean like there's not that many people it's a it's, it's a very like, elite it's, like it's a very making, elite club it's like making it to the olympics right like you you're, you have to be it's like that small of a group um yeah there's not many people can make it as a pro uh, gamer especially not pro hearthstone player it's, oh my gosh i didn't even know that uh, yeah i didn't know that hearthstone was very competitive like that so that's i've, yep. I've learned one thing from this conversation yep. it is the, yeah uh, <laughs> it is the that hearthstone is a competitive sport but um, it is i'm actually, gonna go watch a tournament right after this probably is it on twitch <laughs> yeah yeah they I, I watch a lot of streamers on twitch dude yep. i um well i i covered the e-sports with a uh, e-league with um csgo in oh, atlanta nice. so nice. i was doing i was working for turner um doing that oh, wow. kind of stuff so <laughs> yeah I, esports is pretty nuts um it's getting it's big yeah yeah there's definitely a lot of money being put into that right now it's a good place to to be i guess um yeah for sure well thank you again tyler yeah, Grimm, so you. much um it has been a pleasure and uh well um best of luck with the uh, next projects and, and everything. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, good luck to you as well. There you have it, Tyler Grimm. Again, I want to say thank you so much for chatting with me. I had a great time, and I hope the people, you guys listening, um, had a great time as well. Uh, thank you so much for your insight and your um, willingness to share this stuff. Um, thank you guys also so much for listening to this, um, the audience and for, for taking the time to check this out. Hopefully you guys got something out of this. Um, I, I know I did. Uh, if there's anything that you guys would like to see differently or anything I can improve on, please feel free to, to send me a message. Um, check out my website or, uh, yeah, just leave a comment here. 
um, for sure. Um, you can reach Tyler Grimm at his website. is tylerscottgrimm.com. T-Y-L-E-R-S-C-O-T-T-G-R-I-M-M.com. That's a great spot to find him. He's got an Instagram as well, um, which I... Not too sure, but you can kind of get to all of his other links on the website. Anyways, um, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys later on the next show. Peace.